Welcome to another episode of Rippin' Hoops. Carson, happy holidays. How are you doing? Yeah, happy holidays to everyone. Hope everybody's Christmas. Uh, if you celebrate that, went great. How was your Christmas? It was good. Lots of time with the family. Lots of gifts. You know, when when your half-brother and your half-sister both have two, you know, either babies or toddlers, there's just a lot of gifts to go around. So that took a couple hours. Lots of fighting over gifts from the from the twins, but you know it was all all happy in the end. Lots of food too. The food. Lots was of food. Really good. Um, lots of good basketball as well. So, I mean, we yeah, had and it ended it ended games. with a really good kind of just like exclamation point with uh, Aaron Gordon's dunk. That was the last game of the night, wasn't it? I believe it was. It, yeah, that was. And it was like the, the last points, so it ended pretty good. Yeah, it was the last points because uh Bruce Brown decided not to dunk and hit the uh Nuggets spread. But yeah, I didn't watch the first game, Philly versus New York. That was kind of prime Christmas time. Then I tuned in for I believe the next one was Lakers and Mavericks. Um Lakers kind of made a comeback at the end, but just too short. LeBron started well. I know you probably have a LeBron apology coming. Um, and then we had Celtics. Yeah, he's Bucks. been. I mean, he's been. He's been really good lately. Um, I think last night was his end of the thirty-point streak. I think he had seven in a row before last night, where he had twenty-eight. So, um, he's been playing pretty good and probably deserved to be on my list. Probably, um, yeah, probably deserved to be over Malik Monk. <laughs> uh, and then we had Celtics Bucks. That for a lot of people, two best teams in the NBA going head to head. Tatum had that poster on Giannis. They they, they kind of dominated them. I mean, it was close at halftime, but I'd say Celtics were clearly the better team in that game. But again, no Middleton. Yeah, then, Middleton's injured again. And uh, Jingles getting that was that Jingles' first minutes in like two years. It was either that one or that was the second game. But he looked. I mean, he hit some open threes. I mean, I take uh, I take down the Blazer bench the way the Blazers bench performing. Yeah, and then we had what I thought was the lock of the night of the Grizzlies beating the Warriors, but nope, the Warriors decided to blow out the Grizzlies. Clay was basically teabagging Dylan Brooks at half court, lots of technical fouls, lots of tension. Warriors were just on it, and the Grizzlies were not. Yeah, Jordan Poole went off. Um, and Clay. And Clay. Clay's been pretty good. Just uh, his efficiency was really bad at the beginning of the year, and now it's starting to heat up a little bit. There's still. Um, watching his minutes, not playing on back to backs, but um, yeah, he's starting to shoot three well again. Um, did, and he's playing like Clay. Did you see that weird report about uh Clay possibly wanting to come to the Blazers at the end of the 2024 2025 contract? Yeah, Wait. I heard about that. Like, I, I mean, if he stays healthy, I mean, it, it, I mean, it depends if he stays healthy all the way until then, and maybe and his contract's going to be a little bit smaller, but um. I mean, him and Dame maybe in that back end of their careers could play as role players for um, our stars of Simons and hopefully Sharp, something like that. Yeah, like you said, it'd have to be a lot cheaper because he'd be 34, pushing 35 at that point, I think. Um, and we've seen a little bit of a decline, but he's come back up recently. The Lakers were also listed, listed on that. Part of me thinks this is maybe just a leverage play, but I don't know. I could see him wanting to come home, um, come back to Lake Oswego. And then last game of the night, like you said, Denver versus Phoenix. Phoenix was without Devin Booker. He played four minutes and then got hurt again. Looks like he'll be out the next four weeks with uh, not a hamstring. Wasn't it a, a, a groin, groin, a groin strain. strain? Yeah. Doesn't sound very pleasing, but. No, not at all, but. Nuggets won that game with that monster dunk from Aaron Gordon, which the refs did pull out the uh, weird. We're going to check to see if he was in the restricted area. I think it was Shamit. And then once we go to check that, we're able to change the charge to a block, which is kind of like a loophole. I'm pretty sure the refs knew he was out of the restricted area, but it reminded me of the 2017 finals when LeBron drove to the rim and then they reviewed if Katie was, they called a block, but then, um, they ended up calling a charge. No, no, no. Was Katie driving or LeBron? Lebr- LeBron was driving. They it was probably it, LeBron. They called a block, and then they reviewed to see if he was in a restricted area type thing. Um, and then 
ended up changing that and that was pretty controversial so i don't know i feel like that rule should not be in place that you can you can't check if it's a block charge unless you go to the monitor to see if they're in the restricted area and then you can change it yeah i mean i've seen a lot of things where you're able to review something but they look back and then they're some things you like you're not allowed to change but that's one of the loopholes where you are allowed to change something um later late in the game um and if you have a challenge so a little bit interesting um but yeah the christmas games were good um the last christmas football game was pretty good too so good day for sports and then just a good day for hanging with the family and um just just yeah everything like that yeah it was awesome and to go back in time to before christmas um i know we spoke last time hoping the blazers would go 4 and 0 maybe 3 and 1 was our biggest hope and well, blazers... we, we were just we were we were hoping to basically end the road trip um positive 4 and 2 um if like worst case scenario 3 and 3 but um yeah they they lost all three yeah two at okc pretty painful um starting off with the game on the 19th last monday that was the one where dame became the all-time leading scorer in blazers history congrats to dame um the team has done lots of you know videos on instagram they did a ceremony after last the last game against charlotte for dame but just, you know, I don't think it even needs to be said how much we appreciate Dame and everything that he's done and how big of an accomplishment that is. But that was that game, and it got spoiled a little bit by SGA hitting a game-winning buzzer beater. I think that it was tied at the time. Yeah, it was um, tied. It was right ball. after Dame. Yeah, Dame Dame tied it up with, like, a crazy kind of acrobatic layup. Um, he, had, he had two of those in, like, the last minute after having a lot of turnovers kind of tried to save the day on his night and then Shay just we should have been double teaming as soon as he got the ball but he just got to the left block did a little fade away over justice and that was it um grant was solid again with 26 points but missing from this game yusuf nurkic uh and josh giddy um just a lot of turn a lot of turnovers in the fourth quarter a lot of those came from dame and then obviously the one where anfernee thought the ball was meant for him and thrown a little bit high, and he tried to reach up, and he tipped it over Dame's head, who was originally supposed to be the guy the pass was intended for. Yeah. Um, turnovers has been a really bad um, – it's just been bad the last couple of games, especially critical late late uh, turnovers in the game. Um, and then, like I talked about earlier, the bench production, um, Just it just seems like when they're on the court, they're really not – producing a lot and it's showing up a lot in their plus and minus and that's why really Chauncey's been having to rely so many minutes on his on his starters is because the bench is just not um producing um the one that like shows out and like is being the most aggressive is Keon Johnson but I feel like he's just being a little too aggressive at times like I think three of these four games he had over uh, 10 field goal attempts so like great he's being aggressive off the bench but he's just not he's not being efficient and like all four bench guys that played this game were um in the minus in the plus minus and then you look at all of the guys that played on the bench for Oklahoma City were in the plus um and I think the big guys that kind of stood out that were just killers to the Bla- the Blazers on the first night um was the Williams uh, I wouldn't say their brothers but they have the same last name in uh the Williams that's a rookie and then uh Kenrich Williams um they kind of just destroyed us offensively and defensively yeah the Santa Clara Williams the other Jalen Williams is out there's three Williams on this team two have the exact same name but yeah not much from the bench I mean a lot of this like Peyton still hasn't come back we don't really know what's up with that but that was a plan for the bench and then as of late Winslow has been missing Shaden Sharp has just become I mean don't get me wrong I'm not giving up on him I think he's got crazy potential and he's it very seems talented. like it just, he seems, just stands in the corner yeah and it seems like he's just not being aggressive I and mean, he's given those minutes to someone that is aggressive and Keon and Keon's just um I mean I, I I'm okay with him shooting you know five to seven shots but 10 shots and kind of there I remember a play 
Um, I don't remember if it was against the Hornets or against Denver, but he got the ball with like five seconds left on the shot clock in the fourth quarter. And he had Dane went to the side of him and he just like kind of waved him off and like took it one-on-one. It's like, I don't really want that when you're on the floor with Dane or Ant. Um, I know he's trying to show out for Chauncey and stuff, but I just think he's, 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 he's playing out of what he's, what his role is. Um, so that's what I've seen from Keon. And then the bench besides him has just not been uh, anything, I guess, besides Eubanks, but Eubanks started this game. And we know Eubanks is going to play hard, but just lack of days from the bench in these last couple of games. Yeah, Eubanks is definitely my favorite bench guy. Um, it definitely hurts that Nasir Little is out as well because that, even though he wasn't great, he was solid when he did play. And kind of like I predicted in the beginning of the season, I think Winslow's kind of taken a, taking a step back. I mean, he doesn't provide any floor spacing. He's a good defender, but it's just tough when you provide basically nothing offensively besides that little floater. And, you know, some some playmaking once in a while. I, I don't know about you, though. I just am not that in love with Justice Winslow. Um, but uh, Sharp, I just, I watch him, and he we know he's got all the talent. He just stands in the corner. It's like it's like he's told that he's not supposed to do anything besides hit step back threes and catch lobs. I don't I don't really understand why we're not using him better. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think he only he only had ten minutes this game, so um, I just the he's just not a good matchup right now, and he's like maybe his head's just out of it a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's just uh the the starters played really really well in this game. I would say. Um, it's just that the bench just was, was, there just wasn't anything there. Yeah. And the Blazers, like we said, ended up losing by two, 123, 121. They then moved into Wednesday's game also at Oklahoma city, hoping to kind of get revenge. Uh, but they lost that game one hundred one ninety eight. So much lower scoring, better defense from the Blazers, but a three point loss after Monday's two point loss. Um, we just couldn't shoot the ball in this game. Pretty much, and, and Dame were off. Yeah, I don't know if it was better defense or just nobody could just shoot on the Blazers. Um, I mean, nobody had twenty points on our team. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting that every single player that started uh, eclipsed ten, but none of them eclipsed twenty. Um, which is when you have three guys that um, are north of twenty every game, and Simon's Lord and Grant, which is interesting. Um, and then. Yeah, uh, just bad shooting all around. Dame went six for 19, two for 11 from three. And then Simon's four for 11 is not terrible. Um, but just uh, 12 points, you're just not going to cut it from your uh, second leading score. I mean, looking at this box score, it's almost confusing. Like, I don't even really understand what happened, how, how we got here. But six of 19 from Lillard is honestly really painful and then having him have four turnovers josh hart five turnovers simon's three turnovers is not great so i mean you're probably not going to win a game when no one scores 20 points and you have that many turnovers on the other side giddy returned to this game um sga at 27 and was really good problem with the blazers in both these games is that they're not getting to the line they shot nine free throws in this game Meanwhile, the Thunder shot twenty five and SGA shot thirteen alone. And I'm not I'm not blaming the refs. I think there were some times when they were bad, but we just aren't getting to the line. Yeah, and SGA, like his just isolation play is so good. Um, and going up against guys like Dame and Ant, he can just kind of do whatever he wants with them. Um, he's kind of a mini Luca, um, just the way he plays and stuff like that. Um. But yeah, I would say the the biggest bright spot would probably be Eubanks. He played better than Nurkic this game. He kind of played Nurkic off the court. Um, seven rebounds, three stocks, so steals and blocks. Was just very active defensively, like we always know he is. And he was honestly one of the best players on the court that night. And he kind of kept a minute, um, getting rebounds and stuff like that. But yeah, just not a, not not getting twenty five points in a quarter. Besides the first quarter, you just, you don't see a lot of uh, winning basketball games where your team doesn't get 100 points so um yeah it was just a bad shooting performance all around yeah no that's pretty bad i didn't realize we did that in three quarters 22 in the second 24 in the third and 20 
in the fourth. And like, obviously that does go with the free throw shooting, but I'm just looking now, if you put the two games together in Oklahoma city, the Blazers shot 30 free throws in two games combined while the thunder shot 62. So you're just not going to win when that happens. 30 to 62. That's, you know, that's more than double. That's, that's really tough. I don't know if that was a lack of aggression or, you know, SGA just being SGA, but tough two losses. I think people shouldn't mistake Oklahoma city for a tanking level team. They are 14 and 18. They have a lot of talent, but it is tough to lose two in a row like this. Yeah. Um, and then you also talked about how Winslow uh, came down with an injury. He rolled his ankle late in the third quarter, I believe. And, um, he's been out ever since. Um, and then the late, uh, we had a chance to kind of um, take the lead late in the game um, where we see Dane kind of just be a playmaker all year and look for the best uh, opportunity and best shot opportunity. But this time he kind of just, he kind of forced it on two people um, where he was, he was guarded very, very well. And uh, uh, Early in the year, he's passing it up, but uh, he wanted to take the shot this time. Yeah, it wasn't the best look, but I think it was one of those kind of, he thought he was going to get a better look and he was running out on time and he threw up the best thing he could. But if I remember correctly, basically got blocked, right? He got blocked or, yeah, he, he, he had two people on him. Um, so uh, I don't, I, I got to look at the play over again to see if somebody um, came open, but it, it looked like Dame was just kind of, he was going to take the shot, even though he had a rough night. Yep. And then uh, Friday's game, this was kind of a, a fun game to watch because it was in Denver and it was basically when everyone was snowed into their into their home. So everybody was tuned in, but not the prettiest one for the Blazers. Um, started Especially off, from Anthony. Yeah, pretty ugly from Anthony, pretty bad from the team overall. I mean, we started off down 13 or so, and then we came back to take like a six or seven point lead at the end of the second quarter we were just running and running getting fast break dunks and just running denver out of the gym we looked like the team that wasn't used to the mile high city elevation and then in the third quarter denver comes out we went like six or seven minutes without scoring we got outscored 35 to 16 in the third quarter and then we could just never really make a push back into the game yeah and uh it was the return kind of michael porter jr so maybe it was a little bit to get him back into the mix, but he was very efficient, seven for 13. Um, Jokic kind of just bullied. Uh, again, he bullied Nurkic off the court, basically. Uh, only played 21 minutes. Eubanks played 27, um, but kind of just – he. I mean, he fouled out in 21 minutes too, so Jokic was kind of just having his way with him. Um, and then Jamal Murray continued to kill us. He hit the game-winning shot in Portland, um, and then he had 25, 12, and 8. Um, almost had a triple double. He's been pretty good the last week and a half. So, um, yeah, it seems like Denver kind of has kind of turned it up a notch in the West a little bit, and they've kind of just take that first place and kind of just ran with it. And they seem like the most dominant team in the West right now. Yeah, I mean, we'll get to it later, but Jokic is just so good. There's only so much you can do against him uh, when Nurk fouls out on Jokic in only 21 minutes, you're going to have a tough time. We put Eubanks in there, and I was kind of excited to see it because I thought he would do a better job. He's very good at, you know, switching on screens and things like that, but Jokic was just too good for him. We ended up trying to put Grant on him. That sort of worked, but, I mean, I don't think there's anyone that really can stop Jokic. Dame was better in this game, 10 for 22, um, 4 for 11. He got to the line a lot more. He was more aggressive driving because he knew his shot was a little bit off, but. Yeah, yeah, no, he was good in this game. Um, but it's it's kind of tough when Josh Hart is six of eight for fourteen points and then Anthony six of twenty-two for fourteen points. So, you know, Josh Hart gets fourteen points on eight shots and Anthony gets it on twenty-two. That's not not great for Anthony. But Hart deserves a shout out in this game. Fourteen points, like I said, on eight shots, eleven rebounds, six assists. He was good. He was running up and down the court, but just nothing from the bench again, fourteen points. Sharp had two, only played 14 minutes. I believe you said he only played 10 in one of those Thunder games. And then in the other game against the Hornets that we'll talk about, only seven. So he's kind of falling out of the rotation, which is a little bit concerning. I still I still believe in him. Like I said, like we said, 
this year he could play nothing he could play none at all he could just be in the g league and we'd still have hope because he's only 19 but i would hope he kind of makes his way back around to doing what he did in the beginning of the year yeah um yeah like i said it seems like he's just giving the minutes to someone that's being a little bit more aggressive with their time out there and that seems to be key on but hopefully he gets that mentality back a little bit maybe a dunk spark summer or something um against golden state um but yeah just need to get his head back in the game but i mean rookies rookies always have that wall um where they kind of just hit it a little bit uh, i know matherin i know i watch a lot of indiana matherin uh he had a good game last night but he's had a I think he had three games in a row rating Eclipse 10, which is the first time in his career he did that. So, I mean, even the good ones, I mean, Paula last night, and he only had four points, but I mean, they're all, they're all going to have some bad games. They're not, they're not all going to basically just put up Luka, Doncic and Jokic numbers every night. So, um, I mean, I've been excited from his play this year and hopefully he can get back into it. Yeah. I mean, he's a human highlight reel. He's got potential to be however good he wants to be. He's my only question about him is the motor. And that's that's something that hopefully we can work on. Hopefully, like you said, the rookie wall comes when the scouting reports catch up. As soon as teams start realizing that this guy can shoot, this guy is gonna put it on the floor, you know, it becomes more difficult. So um last game of this podcast that we're gonna discuss, Blazers against the Hornets. This was probably like the most packed I'd seen in the stadium in years. I think it's because it was a day after Christmas game, 100% attendance. Tickets were more expensive than they've been all year to see the Hornets, which was kind of crazy, but it was a good one. And... Yeah, I didn't realize I didn't realize that they were going to do a whole presentation for Dame until basically an hour before the game started. It Did wasn't you know? very... No, it wasn't very broadcasted. I mean, I know there but was... I'm, guessing, event, I'm but... guessing that's why the prices were up with not really anybody knowing. <laughs> I mean, but, I, I think it had a lot to do with the Christmas and then maybe some pe- like people getting that for Christmas as a present, people being back in town when they're in college or something. Maybe some people knew about the celebration, but like, you know, my roommate who works for the Blazers, it wasn't even on their uh, agenda for the night, like the employee agenda. So they, he didn't even know. So I don't think it was that broadcasted. Yeah, um, I just found out like an hour before the game. But yeah, yeah, very interesting. But. Um, glad it happened. It was cool. Um, Did you I don't see? Remember, uh, I don't remember. I don't remember the last kind of just like ceremony for the Blazers in a while. Yeah, I think the last one was like seventy-five year, or sorry, fifty-year anniversary, where they had a bunch of the uh, guys from the championship team and stuff speaking. Um, yeah, but I, I, yeah, I don't think there's been one for a while for like like a hall of fame or anything like that. I just think like one player just stood out. Oh yeah, I know. I agree. Did you see uh, Dame Jr. was like on another universe. He was in his own universe with those little streamers, bro. Yeah. Playing with the confetti and um, he was whipping those things around. Like he was doing magic. It was was pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. It was very funny to watch. I thought he was going to, I thought flames were going to come out of his arms or something. And then (laughs) his, uh, Twin twin girls were running around out there. Dame gave one of them a, a microphone that was off, and she was singing into it. It was pretty funny. I was surprised that no one uh, like stopped them, swept him up. But it was it was <laughs> cute. I'm surprised Dame was allowed to or not allowed. He was able to give that speech with that distraction. But he did a good job. He said, you know, I, he started it off. I don't have much to say, and then he proceeded to say a bunch of very good, meaningful things. So, um, like I said earlier. We, we all appreciate Dame a ton. We cannot stress that enough. But as far as the game, Blazers won 124-113. But I wouldn't say it was that pretty necessarily. We were down, I believe, 13 or 14 at some point. Um, and then kind of turned up the defense in the second half. What did you think of the, of the team's play? Yeah. Um, I mean, Charlotte is a team that's not very good record-wise. But a lot of it's been because they haven't had a full team. Um, they had key guys out, like, Lonzo and Hayward basically the whole year. I not Lonzo, Lamelo and Hayward basically the whole year, and um they've kind of had their they have their full roster back, so they're gonna play better than their record says. Uh, but yeah, the first half was just shades of the road trip where they just have these spills where 
they can't they just can't get stops basically and they might be down two and then they're all of a sudden they're down 10 so um but they came back you said they were down 13 they cut it to six before the half and then they uh it was like the tail of two halves they they, their defense was a little bit in shambles in the first half but then the second half defense was great especially against um their wings and like Rogier, Hayward and Ubre. I mean Rogier was two for 17 seven points on 17 shots um for a guy that averages 20 uh but yeah um I thought LaMelo looked pretty good um to be honest with you he looked maybe like the best player on the court because Dame was uh up for, not not he looked like the best point guard on the floor because Dame had a little bit of an off night. I think the best player on the floor was um, Jeremy Grant or even Nurkic. Um, Nurkic shooting threes, just draining them. What do you think about that? I mean, it was pretty crazy. He was, it shows five of seven, but he was five of five until the last minute of the game. And he got kind of like, you know, he was just trying to see if he could keep doing it. Well, no, the, the one that like, well, yeah, it was five for five. And then Dame kind of like, dribbled out the clock and just came gave him a grenade to throw it up. And that's where he kind of lost his perfection. And then, yeah, he started just to shoot. But that's the best game I've seen from Nurkic in a while, just offensively and defensively, um, getting blocks, getting steals. Um, I mean, Mason Plumlee's not a terrible defender. I think he's pretty good. Um, I'd say he's like, he's like probably the bare average of an NBA center. He's not the worst, not the best, but he's kind of like right in the middle. Um, his, but yeah, his left-handed I, jumper has been going in. It's crazy. Yeah, and his free throws. He, I think he was shooting like 22% from the free throw line, and then he started to go lefty. Now he's above 50, which is crazy. But, um, yeah, uh, Nurkic, the last three, basically three road games, he was kind of played out of the rotation in the second half when it came down to crunch minutes to Eubanks, but he just couldn't take him off the court last uh, – yeah, against Charlotte. Yeah, and uh, like you said, just all around good from Nurk. 28 points, 15 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals, 3 blocks. It's a monster fantasy game. And the other best player in the court, Jeremy Grant, 32 points, 2 blocks, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, had a steal, had a couple of like monster dunks where you just didn't think he was going to throw it down, and he just looked like he was LeBron or something. Uh, Shot well from deep as well. Simons was really good in the first quarter and then kind of just tailed off, uh, ended the game with 18 points on 6-15 to 15 shooting, and then Hart, again, kind of seems to take around eight shots every game, 4-8 uh, for eight shooting, 13 rebounds, so great from him. And then Lillard, 5-18, of 1-10 for 10 from 3, 5 turnovers, had 2 blocks and 9 assists, so he has done a better job of making up for his lack of scoring in other ways and doing the most he can to help the team win. But it seemed like he got hurt at the end a little bit, and then it was kind of the end of the game. He got treatment, then he started doing his speech, and we kind of just forgot about it. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, what, what do you know what it was? Was it like a neck thing, or it was something like it wasn't something obvious. It was either like a neck or a finger. I don't really remember, but it wasn't. I mean, I, I guess he seems fine. He, I mean, I guess we're not really gonna know because the Blazers don't play till Friday, so they won't really give out an injury report, but. Yeah, it, nothing came out about it. Um, if we don't so, know, that's a good thing. Yeah, so nothing like serious or anything like that. But yeah, like you said, Hart, again, double-digit rebounds, just so efficient on the glass. He's be- probably the best weak side rebounder in the NBA for his size. Um, I mean, three three Blazers getting 10 rebounds. I don't um, think you have to say weak side. I just think he's the best rebounder for his size probably in the NBA. I mean, isn't he like the same height as Luca, or is Luca taller? I would think Luca is taller, but um, that would be that would be yeah. the other guy that you know might be. Um, but yeah, I mean, just Jeremy Grant has just been—he's just had a couple of games this year where he just looks like he looks so good. Um, I mean, I didn't realize that he could just bounce off the floor that quickly. At times, it looks like a lot of like two or three of his dunks last night. I mean, not last night, but when they played Charlotte, he just feel like he was below the rim and he really had no angle and he just just bounced the spring right up. Um, but yeah, the Blazers played great in the second half. Um, the first half was a little bit iffy, but they played great in the second half. And then, yeah, like you said about Simons, 
18 points. So last four games, he hasn't eclipsed uh, 20 points, which is a little bit concerning because he is shooting enough to get 20 points. He's just not, he's just not being efficient like he was at the beginning of the year. Yeah, totally agree. And hopefully we can see another one of those ant explosions soon. Looking, looping back around, Josh Hart is 6'4", and Lucas 6'7", so I don't think those guys are necessarily in the same category. But hopefully the Blazers can keep this going. I do think it's a little concerning that we needed five Nurk threes just to beat the Hornets by 11 and, you know, dug ourselves, dug ourselves that deep of a hole. But it's good to see that we went from allowing... 34 in the first to 33 in the second, 28 in the third, and then 18 in the fourth. I mean, 18 points. If you allow that in a quarter, you're probably going to win the game. So good defense as time went on, which is better than the opposite of that. Looking around the rest of the league, I mean, the big stories of the week have been Nikola Jokic and Luka Doncic, the foreign guys. They're just absolutely insane at this point. I don't even really know how to how to put this into history. Luca had 60 points, 21 rebounds and 10 assists last night. The the uh, Mavs were down nine points with like 27 seconds left. I think that hasn't happened in something like 50 years. I forget the specific number, but absolutely insane comeback. Absolutely insane shot, little tip shot that it looked like he got fouled on to send the game into overtime um, and then end up winning against the Knicks. And then, Jokic this week, in the same week, he had a 40, 27, and 10 game, and then a 41, 15, and 15 game, which is just absurd. Like, I don't even, I don't even know what to think about that. Yeah, I mean, it's numbers that none of us have ever seen before, even from guys like LeBron or Michael Jordan, who are, are the best players of all time. You just don't see those kind of numbers very often. Um, and just Luca has just been, I, I, Jokic, like it, it's a, it's. I mean, there's still incredible numbers to get the the rebounds and the assists from the center position, but like Luca from the point guard position, getting 20 rebounds and 60 points is absurd. And just to think of how young he is, I mean, he's the same age as Anthony, so it's it's just crazy like that that guy's not even in his peak prime yet. Yeah, not only has no one ever had 60, 20, and 10, but. NBA teams were 0 and 13,884 in the last 20 seconds of a game when trailing by at least 9 with 35 or fewer seconds. And the Mavs did it in something like 27. So not only was it a ridiculous individual performance, but the fact that their team came back and won was almost as unlikely. So probably one of the crazier games I've seen. I only saw the last two minutes of regulation and the last five of overtime. But it's just, I don't even know how to, pinpoint this anymore which is why i kind of want to ask you what are your you don't have to do like a deep analysis but if you were to rank your top let's say top five and then you can include like six or seven if you have a tough time but players in the nba right now who where, where are you putting these guys after watching this um am i putting in like injuries wise am i putting like curry in there as well no put in like NBA final starts tomorrow. Who do you want? Okay, so that basically takes out Curry and Book. Well, Booker's not top five, but okay. Um, yeah, so like maybe at five, I probably would have. Ooh. Um, I mean, you can start five. with one if you want. Okay, one's still Giannis. For me, um, he's just the most. Like he won't, he'll put up numbers, I guess, equivalent to that. Um, but I think, I think he's just the most like one on one. He's the most unstoppable player, and he already, you already know he has the winning mentality. Um, so he'd probably be my number one. My number two would probably be, um, if it start tomorrow. I probably would say, I probably would want Jokic probably because he can do it all at the center position and. We know that a lot of centers don't have the best passing IQ, and he just basically makes everyone around his team a lot better. Where Luca, basically, he does the numbers, but really nobody else on his team is that much better. They're kind of just sitting there and watching. It's kind of similar to like the Houston Rockets, James Harden uh, look. Um, I think he's better than James Harden, but 
just like he kind of has that team has a similar resemblance um, from it. So I'd probably put Jokic at two. Um, I probably would put if, if I, I mean, if I was starting a finals tomorrow, I probably would probably put Kevin Durant in there as well. I put like Kevin Durant three and then Luca four and then maybe like Embiid five. I'd, that's probably how I would rank it if we're taking Curry out of the equation. No, you can't include Curry. Let's just say starting finals tomorrow, but Curry's healthy. I just, you know, best players in the NBA right now. Okay, so I'd go, I'd go Giannis one, uh, Jokic two, Curry three. Uh, Kevin Durant four, Luka five. Ours are pretty much similar, but I think after watching this week, I think I have Jokic number one. He just, for one, he's not a terrible defender anymore. I'd actually say he's probably above average. You know, he's not like a Giannis defender, but he's good. And he just makes the game so easy for his teammates. Um, And then Curry and Giannis, to me, are probably 2A and 2B. I'd put Giannis above Curry just because he does it on both sides of the floor. But Curry, like Jokic, makes everything so much easier for the rest of his team. Um, I mean, everything just flows. He opens up shots. He's obviously a huge threat as well. And then it feels bad putting Jokic four, but I, I mean, Doncic four, but it feels like we have to. It's just how good. He's just too young. These guys he's, are. Too, he's, too, he's too young in the situation too. Well, it's, but the thing is like, he just, like you said, you said it exactly. Like all these guys are all so good, but he doesn't make his teammates that much better. I mean, he does, but when you have Doncic on your team, you have to have certain guys around him. You have to have guys that are okay just standing in the corner, and he's really basically your entire team. Yeah, and and that's basically what uh, the Houston Rockets Harding were. Um, so yeah, I, I they have very they're very similar uh, teams wise, um, and I think they're they're a player away from kind of being in contention. Like they, I don't think Christian Woods could have put him over the top. Um, I mean, I think of, I think of a guy like, I mean, I don't know who, who, who would, who would be a guy that you would just slip into the Dallas and kind of make them a contender. I mean, maybe they should have tried to get Kyrie while that was going downhill, but it's kind of tough to be honest with you. I don't watch a ton of that team, but. So it's kind of hard to know like who exactly, but I think that they probably would do better with a more elite three and D guy. Like if you could replace, you know, Finney Smith or Bullock with like OG or something, that would be nice. Um, And then I just don't think Wood has been that good. I don't know. It's kind of a tough one. He's been good the last couple of games, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, we make everybody look like prime Michael Jordan. So. Yeah, and I, then, I mean, yeah, I mean, Mason Plumby didn't look terrible last night, uh, the other night ago. So yeah, and then five B, and five five A and five B to me are like Durant and Tatum. I'd probably take Durant over Tatum for this year's playoffs, but moving forward after that, I don't know. I, and, I beads, and beads look really good. I don't know. And beads, I mean, still leading them in scoring. Yeah, he's seven for me. It's just like, I don't think it's a disrespect to any of these guys. Like, they're all so close. I think there's a big drop off after Embiid when you get to like AD, LeBron, Jaw, SGA, Booker. I mean, those guys are great, but I think that they obviously are a step lower. Yeah, I would say that. I would say that's probably your top three. There's there's a tier one with top three, and then four through almost, 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 Uh, and then like four through eight is kind of like tier B and then everyone else behind them. Four four through seven. I don't know if well are you so you're putting LeBron in, in with those guys? I probably still would just the way that he's been hitting numbers wise and just I guess the uh the leader that he is if you want him in a championship or like role like that. Yeah. Just yeah. I think he's probably still in that 
top two tier, but uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of talent in the NBA, and just to think that Luca's only twenty three is just absolutely absurd. I mean, if he continues on this role, he could. I mean, he could. LeBron better keep playing because he's going to go for that points title. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. I, I don't think he'll take care of his body well enough. But the funny thing with Luca is you if you told me he was your number one, I wouldn't laugh at you. I mean, he just had 60, 21, and 10. But then if you told me you thought you liked, you know, Tatum and Bede more because they were better for their teams, I also wouldn't laugh at you. It, he He's the one that I feel like you could put anywhere on this list. Yeah. It just depends on, like, if you like his playing style or not. But I just want to do that quick activity, just a little, like, check-in because – sometimes when i watch this i'm like wait a minute or should we be considering these guys as one and two or you know where do we put them i think Jokic is, my, is the best player in the nba that's that's kind of my new take on this but and yeah the way that Jokic has just been consistently night in night out basically since the first portland game where he decided just not to shoot uh, it's looking inevitable that he might he might win mvp for a third straight season yeah, yeah you know, that's only really been done by two people. I just don't know how you can take it away from him. If his team's going to be number one in the West and his numbers are better than the last two years, um, I just don't know how you can't give it to him again. Yeah, I mean, the only players who have ever done a three-peat on MVP are Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain, and Larry Bird. So that's a pretty good company. Yeah. And it's 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 been, it's been I mean, uh, like I said, Denver... Um, basically has the longest winning streak in uh, the West right now with five games. And then Luca's just been single-handedly keeping Dallas afloat. They've won four in a row. So they both have the longest, like the first and second longest winning streaks um, in the West, uh, which has kind of led them into first place in the West. And then basically um, Dallas being in like that top six seed. And then, um, yeah, there's just been great performances from both. And then, from Brooklyn on the on the east side, uh, they've won nine in a row. Seem like they can't be stopped. I think there was a game against Golden State where they scored ninety one points in the first half. They just they seem unstoppable. Um, they play again tonight against Atlanta, but yeah, they've just been Durant and Kyrie's. Nothing's happened with Kyrie, and he's been on the court and they've been playing well. Yeah, it kind of blows my mind. I I kind of thought that they were. You know, we went from Katie requesting a trade. Things got worse. Kyrie got in all this trouble. I thought it was like the worst of the worst. But then they let go of Nash and they've had best record in the NBA since. Like you said, they've won nine games in a row. Um, They're beating teams by a lot. They absolutely smacked the Warriors by like 30 or more points um, in the game before the Christmas game. And... I don't know if they look, you know, Boston's five and five in their last 10. Milwaukee's five and five in their last 10. They've lost three in a row. Cleveland's six and four in their last 10. It's kind of weird because like Philly started the year slowly in Brooklyn and those teams are nine and one for the Nets and eight and two in their last 10 for the Sixers. Um, So there's just a lot of parity in the East, especially right now. And then the West, there's not really like any team that looks much better than the rest i mean the blazers are still only four and a half games back of the first seed nuggets that would have changed if you know murray didn't hit that game winner there's just a lot of and at the same time we're two games up on the 11 seed so i just don't think anyone looks dominant like i think the pelicans and nuggets grizzlies all got to feel really good even the mavericks about their chance of making the nba finals with the way this is going yeah um uh, yeah, like you said, it's just so open in the West. And if there's a if there's any chance uh, with the trade deadline coming up, um, like I just think it'd be very key for probably Dallas that Luca is. I guess he's just starting his prime early, and you need to get players around him that would fit well with him. You talked about OG. I think like um, the guy that's going to be traded probably no matter what. Um, I think Bagdanovich is a really good player that could fit in with them. Um, that can just spot up and shoot. We know that. Um, and he's 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 gonna go nowhere in Detroit. So I think it. That uh, I would say that Denver seems pretty deep, top to bottom. I don't know if I would switch anything up there, but Dallas, if they want to get into the mix of like a contender, I feel like they just need to get more shooting around Luca. 
Yeah, I agree. A lot of these teams in the West could make one move to maybe put them over the top. I know the Grizzlies are one of those teams. Kind of like, do they stay with what they have or do they try to go get OG or something? Do you know what's... I'm probably going to regret saying this later, but the fourth seed Clippers, two and a half games back of the first seed. I don't know about you, but when I look at their score, when I see them on League Pass, I could not care less. I just, in my mind, I know that they're going to have injuries in the playoffs and they're not going to be there as a contender. Who is that? The Clippers. Like, I just see them oh, and I yeah. just say, uh, you know, Kawhi is going to be hurt or Paul George is going to be hurt. I could not care less about them. And yet, yeah. they're the four seed, if, two if, and a half if, games if they, back. If they, some, if they somehow were to stay healthy, they're probably a really they're, – they're, they're a very scary team. But like you yeah. said, yeah, just the, the bug that goes around that um, that team, um, it, it just – it's like an Anthony Davis. Like, you just know it's, it's bound to happen at some point. Yeah, it's like – Okay, until I actually see it, I just don't care. Because yeah, I don't they gotta, believe they gotta it's stay happen. healthy for it. They gotta play at least half of the season to, to I, basically. Be, I, don't I don't think I'm gonna believe in them until I see them literally Kawhi and Paul George on the court in a playoff game. I I don't think I'm gonna care until then. And I, I maybe I'm being a Clippers hater, but it just feels like every year they let they let let people down. Yeah. Um Kawhi's played pretty well when he's been out there. Paul George has been good too. Norman Powell's a contender for sixth man of the year. So yeah, it's it's just it's it's a health it's a health situation for them. I think they're pretty well coached, so I think it's just if they stay healthy enough. Has Powell turned it around? I guess I haven't really caught up with them and that's obvious from what I'm saying, but he started the year really poorly. It looks like now he is averaging fifteen points a game on 48% shooting, 38% from three. So that is a good turnaround. But I know early I just in the year. Know, I just know, like, hey, he, he's on my fantasy bench. So I just know he's been he's been racking it up. Gotcha. I, just yeah. really, I have nowhere to play him. I have to sit him or um, he's on my IL So because he got injured. So he's on my IL, and I have to basically drop Matherin or keep him on the IL. So that's, I've just kept him on the IL. But it seems like every night he's getting 15 to 20 points and shooting 50 to 60 percent so it's it's hard to keep him there yeah no that makes sense that's that's good to hear that he's playing better um i mean he's playing more than covington covington i think is a situation where he might get traded because he's just and he's another maybe in dallas he fits in there he fits well in there but like he's just not he's not playing at all for the clippers yeah that's not surprising but his career definitely took a turn pretty quickly. Um, looping back around to the Blazers, just some sort of Gary Payton news. We kind of had a report from an unofficial Blazers guy. I think he was a podcaster saying that Payton was going to play to or not tomorrow, Friday at Golden State. We had some reports saying he was going to play this week. I think that was Chris Haynes. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. And then we only had two games this week. We did not see Peyton against the Hornets. So we thought, you know, pretty highly likely he would play against the Warriors. But then Sean Hyken, don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, said that he asked Chauncey Billups yesterday about Peyton. Uh, Billups did not rule out the possibility that he plays Friday, but said nothing has changed about his status from where it has been the whole time. And that everyone is just guessing at this point and has been for a while. Josh Hart said Peyton has looked good in practice. We're excited to get him back out there, hopefully very, very soon. And then Bill said that Peyton didn't do everything in practice today, but he did do a lot of work. I think he was referring to yesterday. Uh, still no indication of whether he's going to play. I think this is starting to get pretty concerning. I'm wondering how much we knew about this injury when we signed him. It kind of seems... And he's starting to get he's starting to get on the same level of you think as the Clippers. Like I'll believe it when I see it. I mean, we've been yeah. talking about it. We've been talking about he was supposed to come back basically two months ago. Where he yeah. was had the questionable tag and he still hasn't played and they keep saying it's a conditioning issue. I don't know how you can have a conditioning issue for two months unless you have something like majorly wrong with you. Yeah, it feels it feels like a surgery went wrong and they're thinking about doing it again type of thing to me. Like, I don't understand why it's taking this long. He doesn't need to be in shape. Just put him out there for five minutes, like, for crying out loud. I mean, you're I don't, doing I don't the same thing to Sharp. Play him seven minutes, eight minutes. 
Yeah. At a time. See how he looks. Needs to. It's like it's it's starting to get into the Festus Azili range. I hate to say it, and I was, you know, one of the guys among my friends saying, "Hey, let's 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 wait a little bit." And then when the Blazers, or when I heard that he was playing this week for sure, I said, "All right, he better play this week." And if not, our team reporting sucks. And like, I don't know what's happening with the team reporting, but there no, it seems like nobody knows what's going on. The fact that Billups said everyone's been guessing the whole time is just really concerning. Yeah, and we definitely need him. I mean, I've been saying it for the last four or five podcasts. So I'll, I'll just I'll believe it when I see him on the court and he's active, and he might even get activated and just not play. I I, I don't know. I it I'll just I'll believe it when I see it. But we definitely need him because yeah. I I would I would like him a lot more than Keon right now. Yeah, and hopefully we do see him tomorrow against the Warriors in Golden State. Seems hopeful at this point, but you know they were saying he was going to play. And then if not, maybe Monday versus Detroit or Wednesday at Minnesota. But those are the games the Blazers have in between now and our next podcast. Um, I'm hoping to go 3-0, and but with the way we've been playing lately, I think 2-1 and is kind of a something to shoot for. Is that how you feel? 2-1 and is definitely um, a route to shoot for. Detroit should be pretty easy at home, um, and you should win one of those games out on the road. Uh, I would say if you wanted to bet, I would say I would slam the over on the Golden State game. I feel like there's going to be no defense played in that game at all. Um, yeah, that's going to be a very high-scoring game. I would think both of the teams in the high 120s to 130s, I would think. Yeah, it's going to make it a fun one for sure, especially if Peyton does play, but I'm I'm thinking he won't at this point. But hopefully the Blazers do go 3-0. If not, 2-1 would be great. But let's let's stay positive. No, No more of these kind of losing streaks that we don't expect uh thanks for listening to another great episode of ribbon hoops hope everyone has a great new year's and eve and new year's day um associated with the row city hoops instagram page have a good night everybody yeah happy new year happy new year